Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for the final ever episode of the fifth season of 24. You thought this was it. You thought we were being cancelled. You thought it finally happened. That happens next week, apparently. I don't know. I'm just predicting our future. I am The Simpsons, but this isn't The Simpsons. It's 24, season five, episode 24, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. It first aired on the 22nd of May, 2006, a day that will live in infamy because on this day in 1848, slavery was abolished in Martinique and the Associated Press was formed in New York City. There you go. That happened in uh, 1846, by the way. So just letting you know, uh, Apollo 10 lunar module. And I'm only now fi- finding this out. Yeah, yeah you're sorry. Um, an, E5, an F5 tornado hit Missouri, killing 158 people in 2011. Sucks to be them. Um, but anyway, it uh, doesn't suck to be Robert Cochran because he wrote this episode and John Kazar directed it. And it's an iconic episode, which really, I want to say, kind of only involves two characters, really, for the most part. But yeah. uh, a, a, lot, a lot to talk about in this episode. There is plenty to get to. My name is Ben and there's something wrong with my packet. Ahem. My name is Colin and kill me. Just kill me. Yes, finally. Um, after the crap that was last week, we're, we're here with an absolutely iconic episode, Colin, the finale of season five. And while again, I'm always going to put a footnote that this maybe doesn't hold up as well as it does the first time you ever watch it. I remember watching this live. I remember just being absolutely blown away. And even the bits that I'll nitpick out of it just pale into comparison of just how good this episode still is. I mean... You know, there's actors in this episode who just do so well, they don't even say anything. And there's others that say a lot. And then it's just, it's the Gregory, it's an Akiva Sutherland show, let's be honest. Um, I mean, it's just such a such a great episode. Do you remember where you were watching this episode, seeing it for the first time? Uh, I, I don't remember where I was. Uh, I'm going to guess I was at home because I had no other way of watching it outside of that. Um, but I mean, I remember, I remember the specific moments in this episode, uh, just wanting to go back and watch it over and over again. I mean, not necessarily we've been watching the, the episode over and over again, but like there's two scenes in this episode that I definitely rewound and rewatched one because the scene was so powerful. And the second, because I'm like, wait, wait, did they really just do that? Did I see who I just thought I saw? Is this a, a callback to last season? And I uh, just had to revisit it over and over again. I have marked down five potential top five moments. Obviously, they're not <laughs> going to happen because this season is going to be batshit crazy when we do this next week. But um, there's there's at least two that I will advocate for. Um, but yeah, I mean this this episode. But it's 
it, it really feels and like this is to me what a finale of 24 should be. It's the first season all over again. It's 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 that culmination of something that you just you've been waiting for so desperately. And I think that we haven't really had this since season one on some way, because I think that the season two finale, you know, that was such a, a two half season with the fact that it was all about the nuclear bomb. Then it was about the recording season three. Like, I mean, we only really cared about, I, I guess like Saunders really being caught like, yeah, okay. We wanted the virus to be stopped, but I don't feel that it had the same stakes as season one. Season four was a jumbled finale that just kind of was, you know, rushed at the beginning. Then all of a sudden they came up with something completely at the end. This to me is the first time since season one where you've almost got a, a season long arc has finally come to a conclusion, if that makes sense. So I, I really think that this is up there in terms of just, um, you know, it's, it's not going to top season one's finale. I think I've firmly established that is the best episode of 24 of all time. But this, as of right now, and I will spoil this right now, at the end of this will be the second best finale at this point in the series. Maybe another finale will top this. Uh, in future seasons we don't have many to choose from but i'm just saying this is a bloody good finale so yeah i don't know if you have anything to add on my little rant there or you just want to get into it or uh no really quickly because when you first said that uh i'm like oh it's the the first proper finale in season one i'm like oh that's not really fair season three was great but uh season three was different because Mm. season three is the one that caught you off guard and did something different and the funny thing is i actually noted that this is the most unique finale that we've ever had because so little of it is about action and nothing quite unfolds the way you think it's going to, but it is an episode that is the culmination. It, it, it like season four was one third, let's conclude the season, and then two thirds, let's set up the next season. Uh, and uh, this is everything that you've been watching throughout, throughout season five, the lead up towards catching Logan and all that, but just unfolding in like such a completely different way in such a calm um calm might be the wrong word uh <laughs> such a subtle way it it, it it sneaks up on you and you don't quite realize where they're going with it uh and then you add the big shocker on the end and the, yeah this this definitely is the most similar to season one i think i I put that on the fact that like season one for now like season one was about jack bauer stopping a pres- an assassination attempt while his family was in danger basically it culminated with him finally protecting his family and saving Palmer. Okay, he didn't ultimately save Terry, but you know what I mean. This is kind of the culmination of from episode one, there's a conspiracy behind Palmer getting killed, Tony getting killed, Michelle getting killed from the very first episode, and we realise, well, obviously we don't know Logan's evil from the very first episode, but it's kind of the culmination, and, like, we had this amazing speech by Jack about Palmer from the very first episode. So that's where I think Mm. I mean it. I I know season three is probably the most similar just because, the very first episode, there's a virus. Jack's got to stop the virus. But I feel there's not as personal stakes in that third season as there are in season one and season yeah. five. And I think, like, there's a great point you make. There's not – the action is limited in this episode. But, like, this is an episode where I feel you don't need action. Like, this is where it is so unique. You're right. And I also would argue this is the biggest plot twist at the end of a season since season two because season mm-hmm. three – it was that very unique Jack breaks down in the car. And last year it was more of a retrospective Jack's faked his death and he walks off into the sunset. This is as shocking as Palmer getting assassinated attempted assassination and Terry dying. And this is the last time we will ever have 
a cliffhanger on this level because every other cliffhanger at the end of every season is not a dramatic, like, jaw drop to the ground, mm. plot twist moment. Next season, wow. it's very similar to season four. Season seven, it's similar to season six and season four. Season eight, it's technically the end of the series. Season nine, it's the end of the series. And we don't talk about legacy. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say season eight, under different circumstances, had they decided they were going to renew the show and tweaked a couple of lines here and there, I could see season eight being uh, similar to this. But yeah, at that point, they knew this is what they thought the end of the series. So they added a couple lines in a reshoot and just kind of had a more I would of a conclusion. Argue, season nine is maybe on par with this in a way that kind of like, I mean, this, he gets taken off by the Chinese, like not really spoiling. No one's going to remember this in four seasons time. Season nine, he gets taken by the Russians. So, I mean, it's kind of the same, but it's done in a little bit more like, you know, voluntary circumstances, mm. I guess. Um, so anyway, Ramble, ramble, ramble. We've got plenty to cover in this episode. But as always, I think as we've done for most of this season, we're going to do it in order. But I think famous last... Well, I mean, there's really just elongated scenes in this episode. There's, yeah. This is the thing. Like, this is where I think, in a way, we can get this done quickly, but we're going to be talking about these long scenes, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, we find out that Charles Logan's a two-minute man because he's already done, um, which I got like, to call this out right now. When Martha gets to, to Mike, whatever it is, and like, I did everything I could. I held him up as long as I could. Did you? Like, I'm sorry. Like, like, Colin, you barely know sex. But, like, seriously, like, there's a lot a woman can do to, like, make it long last and then to last longer than two minutes. Like, like, without getting too graphic, don't let him put the snake in the hole straight away. Do other things with the snake before the snake wants to go home into the hole, Martha. You could held him up another ten minutes. Simple. All right? You're a attractive woman do a bit of a dance put on some like barry white and like oh baby and i don't know just like slow dance for him and like i don't know like really did he did she do enough or was charles like just so horny that he's just like snake you're going home two minutes later and, but it's not even two minutes it's like a minute because he's already dressed by the time yeah. two minutes is there so you have to undress and dress back up again during those two minutes. Do you think he's a premature ejaculator, old Charles Logan? Like <laughs> <laughs> barely unzips. Oh, this is damn it. Yeah. So, so he he basically ended the last episode unbuttoning his shirt, then all of a sudden, oh, sorry, I'm done, and starts buttoning it back up again. It never actually got undressed. It's that Forrest Gump scene that we never got when we were a kid. And now that we're now like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's what the issue is. I guess. <laughs> Uh, but the, the, the hilarious thing about this, and again, I'm going to be nitpicky, but like it's it's one of these ones where it's there's something very wrong with a lot of the timing in this episode, but you kind of just excuse it because this episode is so good. So like Charles is like doing his shirt up. Meanwhile, they've managed to like print off like accreditation for Jack on Marine One, which fun fact, apparently that's a mistake. It should be Navy One because this is a Navy helicopter, not a Marine helicopter. Um so Mike's printing it out. He's getting it laminated and getting it all ready to go out to Jack, or as he's called, Frank. Is it Franklin or Franks and Franklin? Which is a bit of a trivia that he was Frank in the very first episode. And now he's Franklin in this. So, oh, bookends. Um, uh, he basically, I, lo- I love Jack's excitement when he's going through like the cupboards in this little facility. And he's like, I got a flight suit. It's like, oh, <laughs> luckily it fits, Jack. Too bad if he's like, oh, damn, it's too small. I'm an XL, not a large. Um, right. And so he gets old Johnson off the helicopter. And I love this guy when he's just like, Johnson, you're, uh, you're wanted in the hangar. There's apparently something wrong with your packet. Oh, God, that's sorted out on Monday. 
what's the issue, Johnson? Or who I don't his name's not Johnson, I don't know what his name is. But like, what's what's his issue? He's like, I got it sorted out on Monday. I saw it advertised. Um <laughs> I just love the fact that he's there. And I love like Aaron like calls him up and he's like, Hey, Johnson. He's like, Oh, Aaron, I thought you got transferred. He's like, No, I didn't. And then all of a sudden Jack just like chokes him out and Aaron's just like looking at him, evil. Um so Jack basically takes his place. He's on the helicopter. Um, Martha makes an excuse not to get on the helicopter. Obviously, Jack's on the phone to, like, Chloe, and he's like, oh, yep, have you got this organized? And um, Morris is going to meet Jack at this, like, secret location, which, again, it's so glad that this presidential retreat seems to get closer and closer to CTU as the day goes by. I reckon, (laughs) like, the San Andreas Fault there in California is just bridging locations closer and closer together because I swear it took him, like, 40 minutes to drive out there earlier on. Um, So... They're on the house. Jack doesn't waste time. He's He's got a taste for blood after hijacking a plane a few hours ago. Within like 30 seconds, he's like, hey, give me this helicopter. Um, I'll tell you one thing now. I've got to bring it up. We always bring it up. 9-11, Jack being on those planes, he would have like taken out 50 buildings. He's that quick and efficient now with hijacking shit. He's just like, you, take your helmet off, put the fucking thing off, get in the back, piss off. Um, got like, I mean, the ease in which Jack Bauer can hijack the president of the United States. Sure. Why not? I bet it's that easy. You just need to fake a, print out a, a new pass on Microsoft Word, jump on the helicopter, point a gun, taser a couple of Secret Service agents. Simple. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, terrorists, Joe Biden, for the taking. That easy. Um, so. Oh, no, Joe. What did, did you see that uh, clip that went viral during the week? Um, he called LL Cool J, like Cool LLJ or something like that. No. He was like at some like function, like celebrating like black history or something like that. And he was like, oh, and one of the most prominent rappers around the great cool, cool LLJ or something like that. He's like, oh, <laughs> he's one of my favorite rappers. <laughs> one of my favorite rappists. <laughs> it was so funny. He's just like cool, cool LJ or something. like that. <laughs> Just classic old man grandpa trying to like stay hip and cool. Um, but like just this moment where Jack is just like literally sitting there and staring at Logan. Like it is so amazing. Like I marked this down as a potential. This won't make the top five, but I just, I've got to put it up as a, you know, the top 20 moment of the season. Like basically like, and I've got to give props to Logan and Char- uh, Gregory it's in here too. Cause like, I love that. Like you think he's a bit of a wimp, but he kind of like stands up for himself a little bit in this episode. Like mm-hmm. he's very presidential, very politician. Like, like he's negotiating with Jack. And he's just basically like, like, Jack, like, what are you doing? Like, you want revenge. I get it. Like, you know, but like, what are you going to do? You're not going to kill me? I'm the president. And then Jack's just sitting there in dead silence and just staring at him almost with like a smirk on his face. And Logan's just like, talk to me. I, I feel like he's like Ed Harris in the Truman Show. Damn it, say something. You're on television. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. <laughs> yep. Um, so basically just this great moment and Jack's going to, uh, tell the pilot Chloe's told him to go land in like an abandoned hangar, essentially. Um, and when we get to this hangar, um, Jack handcuffs Logan to a pipe. Morris shows up. I love this like moment when Morris shows up with this packet, another packet. Everything's packed. No sockets this week. It's all in the packets. And I just love the way like Morris kind of just reacts and is just like, uh, so you must be Jack. And um, okay, uh, yep, that's President Logan. <laughs> and Jack's just like, get out of here. And he's like, yep, uh, call Chloe. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine 
imagine that. Like, imagine if Jamie's just like, Colin, I need you to bring something. You're like, all right, cool. Like, why is it a dark room? Uh, that's Prime Minister Trudeau. Get out of here, Colin. <laughs> okay. You working with the Indian government? Uh, <laughs> too soon? Am I not allowed to say that? Um, so, yeah, basically they've, they've set this up. Uh, I love like kind of when we come back from the commercial break, this subtle like, oh, the sun has risen. So it's daylight now. Mm. Um, so Jack's kind of got this like live feed uh, essentially connected back to CTU. And he's saying here that he's going to coerce a, a confession out of him. And of course, Logan's like, absolutely not. This isn't going to happen. Uh, very prominent little moment, which again, I don't know if you remember if you finally caught on to what this secondary twist was in this episode that even I forgot the last time I watched it. But there's kind of a bit of an emphasis when Jack's pulling stuff out of his pocket. Bit of an emphasis on the pen that gets thrown on the table. It's very blink and you miss it. So if you you can't remember what's happening, or like, did you remember when you saw this bit, or were you still? No, see, see, my memories were kind of jumbled. Like I knew that I remember that Jack took Logan. Uh, I don't remember whether he got caught and off. I I remember that it was Martha in the end who kind of got a Logan, but. Even after it happened, I'm like, oh, did they rig Martha up with a microphone? So when they did pull out the pen, I'm like, ah, now I got it. <laughs> Which, again, bookmark this memory because come season six, I'm going to be very angry about an episode with Logan that involves basically the same plot. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Jack basically just like is this amazing speech. Again, a separate possible top five moment where he's just basically talking about like, you know, you got nerve gas, you had the best intentions, but the terrorists got pissed off at you. You orchestrated these attacks. You killed my friends, Tony Almeida, Michelle Dessler, and David Palmer. He just goes on this amazing speech about David Palmer. He was a great president. He was a great man. And he was a great friend. He always returned my books on time. He always had <laughs> great, you know, cups of sugar available for me. He always went to baseball games with me. Now I'm a loner. Screw you. He always let me win in table tennis. <laughs> it was a great man he followed me on instagram not like my girlfriend <laughs> um oh one thing i forgot to mention last week was in, when we had the uh when martha was watching like fox news and they were showing like stock footage of palmer we had a random sherry appearance last week we actually had footage oh, of did uh, we? palmer with sherry on the tv news so i forgot to mention we got like a three second glimpse of penny johnson gerald last week so there she was um so you got paid double digits for that cameo. Yeah, and congratulations too for the uh, the writers. Officially off strike now at the time of recording this. So we might get some new shows and shit soon. But just and once there's actors to star in them. <laughs> God damn it, these actors. At this point, Hollywood's like, it's irrelevant if we end the writer's strike. <laughs> Who's going to star in the movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to get the call up. Hey, you interviewed Fran Dresser. Would you like to be in the <laughs> nanny reboot? Um, <laughs> I'd, do, I'd, be, I'd be Fran Dresser. I'd be great in that show. Um, but just again, like an amazing moment. And then like Jack, like literally is just like, I'm not going to torture you. If you don't give me what you want, I'm going to kill you. And it's like, whoa, okay. So Jack pulls a gun on the president of the United States. And I do love Logan here. Like just the, the way he's kind of like, you know, dealing with this, you can see the fear in him, but I love that speech he gives when he's kind of like, oh, like you do this, I'll just become a martyr. I'll just be like Kennedy and, and Lincoln. And who mm. was the third guy got it? Wasn't it Garfield got assassinated? Who was the third? Um, did he mention McKinley? No, but like he, that's what I mean. Like he didn't. I felt sorry for the other American president who got assassinated. <laughs> was it McKinley? Um, I, I, I there, was don't a, there was there was definitely a third U.S. president who got assassinated. Um, but I, I think it was I think it was McKinley or Garfield. I need to look this up. 
Um, it yeah, was, it was McKinley. It was, it was McKinley. September fourteenth, nineteen oh one. So I actually was right on both. So there was uh, there's four that have been assassinated. Uh, so Kennedy, McKinley, Garfield, and Lincoln were all assassinated. A bunch have been attempted, but um, there you go. So poor McKinley, Reagan about six times himself. <laughs> poor McKinley and Garfield. I'm sure they're like great, 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 great grandchildren are watching this going, hey, we always get forgotten about. But it's a great little speech. Um, and then like Jack pulls the gun on him. He's getting ready to shoot him. Like, oh my God, is Jack going to kill the president of the United States? Like, I mean, you wouldn't put it past 24. But then all of a sudden he doesn't do it. Kind of, I love Logan when he's just like, you can't do it, can you? You can't kill the president of the United States. Uh, so then Secret Service shop. I love, what is it like Logan say like, oh, Jack. Time's up. They're here. Jack just gets down on his knees. He knows what to do and uh, gets arrested. And Logan kind of loved the way he kind of like, you know, badass Logan. And he's like, I actually feel sorry for him. He needs some help. And then basically <laughs> off he goes. So that's halfway through the episode right there. Um, <laughs> but like it's, 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 I mean, it's two scenes essentially, but it's just so elongated and great. And like the thing that I love about this in hindsight, like, yeah, okay, it's better on the first watch because there are so many things you can pinpoint and plot holes here. Like, I mean, Jack's literally going to get released in 20 minutes after fucking kidnapping the president of the United States. Despite the president being guilty, he still kidnapped the president of the United States of America. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like he's lucky the Chinese got to him. Um, (laughs) But like, it's just like the positive of knowing what happens is you kind of see him with the pen and, you kind of know that this is just, again, a long con. Like, I don't think, like, Jack's trying. Like, maybe Logan will do this and maybe he will confess, mm-hmm. but clearly he's not going to. So even Jack, when he gets arrested, like, he knows that clearly it's up to Martha now and she's probably going to get it out of him anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I just, this whole setup, I mean, two potential top fives here. I mean, this is just so good. And like, Kiva Sutherland and Gregory and off each other are just so amazing. Um, so, I mean, there is a reason why a lot of this stuff happens off camera way too quickly. Uh, so the, the commentary on this episode was Robert Cochran and Gregory Itzen, which, uh, is kind of amusing for two reasons. One, because as I said before, Gregory Itzen is absolutely hilarious. Like he could have been a stand-up comedian. Uh, and then also Robert Cochran, I think he showed up that day to record the commentary thinking he was producing <laughs> somebody else's commentary because there's a lot of like, yeah, 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 we should talk about that. And then just not elaborating on anything and sort of letting Gregory Itzen carry it. Uh, But uh, they mentioned that with this episode, they were 17 minutes over what their broadcast time is, which is like, that's almost a third of Mm. an episode. So you're cutting it. Yeah, so so at this point, you're cutting for whatever footage they had, I guess a third, yeah. But if you're looking at what uh, time this would be in an episode, that's almost half an episode. But season four, if I remember right, that one was extended because they had no commercials, right? Uh, was it four? Yeah, well, I know three the did pre- that. Premier, premieres. Well. I, I believe season two and season three premieres did that. I don't remember yeah. the finales doing. I know that, that three did for sure. Three okay. three's finale was longer, but this being like the highest rated season, easily you you would think if you're gonna petition for a longer episode, let mm. it be this one. When you're 17 minutes over, you got several weeks to actually negotiate for that. Because uh, yeah, there is a lot of stuff that's kind of missing in here. Uh, a, a lot of stuff that didn't even make the cut. There, there's several things that even Greg Rietzen says, oh yeah, and we did this, but then uh, it didn't make the cut. And then we did this, and then it didn't make the cut. And you got Cochran kind of being like, 
Yeah, well, unfortunately, when you're 17 minutes over, a lot of stuff, if, if it's not 100% essential to the plot, it gets cut from the episode. Um, but there's a deleted scene here because what we basically get on camera is Jack saying, all right, I need to talk to Mike Novick. I need to find a way onto this uh, helicopter. And by the time you come back, it's like, all right, Jack, you're going to go to this guy. So, okay, so the, all these conversations might happen off camera, but the way that the, the full scene actually played out is that uh, Jack gets the call from Mike. Mike gives him the pilot's names. He passes it off to Chloe. Chloe goes to Morris. They have this really weird moment where it's basically Morris, in the most Morris way possible, asking Chloe to forgive him, which is basically, yes, I'll do this for you, Chloe, under one condition, that you forgive me and you let us move on with our lives. And then she's like, oh, Morris, not right now. It's like, no, 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 these are my conditions. Uh, obviously, they're giving them a personal moment. I, I think I speculated last week about why Morris was brought in so late in the season. Like, did they absolutely knew, know we're bringing this guy in next year? Uh, which I think is the case because, I mean, th- th- obviously, when we get the uh, the the final scene, the, the cliffhanger on this episode, uh, as well as some other things, you're like, oh, they were clearly planning for season six already. They had some ideas in their head. Uh, but uh, the thing we actually get on camera is Jack, <laughs> why they didn't feel the need to cut this and save themselves another five seconds is Jack telling Chloe, all right, Chloe, I'm going to switch to comms. <laughs> so he hangs up the phone and he's on comms. He goes, okay, Chloe, I'll call you back. <laughs> Just say, I'll call you back when I'm on comms. Yeah. You don't even have to say that. <laughs> that. That's something that did not need to make the cut here. Um, the uh, oh, the other part that's funny in the deleted scene is that when Chloe, Chloe has... Um, uh, Morris actually call uh, to try to get this pilot bumped or whatever. She says, okay, you make the call. Oh, these people all know my voice, Morris. And, and then she said, oh, and by the way, lose the accent. It sounds too suspicious. And this line is so brilliant. He goes, it's not a defect. I'm English. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is amazing. I wish we'd have this in the episode of nothing else. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Oh, uh, defect. I'm Australian. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, we actually get him putting on, like, an American act. Hey, this is Morris over here, and we need to uh, uh, find out about the pilots on the helicopter. <laughs> like, as a Canadian, you really don't need to change your accent to an American much. Uh, and now you're yeah. like, hey, I'm American. Hey. <laughs> Howdy, partner. Morris O'Brien here. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> now, uh, Jack taking the helicopter. Uh, I love so many things about this first. Doesn't yell at This it. is... Well, I was going to say, this is the longest continuing story arc in 24. Jack's finally getting his revenge on the helicopter. Now I'm getting on board on these things. I'm taking command. He's not pulling a gun gun on the pilot. He's pulling a gun on the helicopter. Fly! I am flying. Not you, the helicopter. Yeah, he's like, oh, Mr. President, you're here. Okay. (laughs) Kill two birds with one stone. This is awkward. Uh, (laughs) But, like, nobody... We've seen so many times in this show where people have to be, like, super suspicious. Wait a second. And this is... Navy one or Marine one or whatever they call it. There appears to be no backup plans. Like there is on air force one. You think they'd have an escort. Yeah. There'd at least be cars on the ground. Something. How about a panic button for the pilot? Cause there's this thing on airplanes. Like you just hit a button and Oh, they're in distress or whatever. There's no black box. The plane that he got yeah. hijacked a couple of, they made up that nine 11 freaking transponder code. That was a highlight thing. Exactly. F-18. It's the president of the United States. That episode with the plane was an absolute mess, and it still made a lot more sense than this. Because this pilot does nothing to, like, 
these people should be trained. So it's like, okay, if they're going to try to take the president, you take the bullet for him. Now he yeah. even says, I could fly this without you. It's like, all right, then just do something. You know, it's your job. You're basically secret service with, with the pilot's license, right? He's like, oh, well, I voted for Democrats, so whatever. Take yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> I'm a Democrat. I voted Palmer. <laughs> Wayne Palmer. Fuck this guy. <laughs> um, but also the fact that Jack comes on here. And without anybody getting word to this pilot, like maybe have Morris on there. Yes, this is Morris O'Brien over at Chopper Command. Uh, we got a substitute pilot coming on because the packet wasn't available. But by the way, I, I, I had something happen on my work laptop the other day where I got what, some weird error that said something along the lines of, uh, you have encountered a closed socket or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, oh, I got to take a screenshot. But then I just hit, I hit, hit the button before I could actually take the screenshot. Open a socket, <laughs> Colin. Come on. If somebody had opened a socket, <laughs> I wouldn't have encountered that error. Uh, but now Jack is coming on here, just passing along the information, and he's wearing sunglasses at night. <laughs> now, what reason would he have? He's, he's flying a helicopter in pitch black, wearing sunglasses. Not at one point did this guy go, why don't you take off the sunglasses, man? Like, like somebody's really suspicious here. Corey Hart, um, he wears his eye, wears he, he my is. sunglasses. Uh, Great song. The Canadian song, and, and also Canadian? if you ever get around, yeah, if you ever get around to seeing the movie Nope, you will see the creepiest rendition of "Sunglasses at Night" ever in that movie. Oh. Um, you gotta, you gotta see that movie seriously. We we talked about this last year. Signs, Nope, they're one and the same. But I, but, I nope. watched Cocaine Bear and Evita recently. You did? <laughs> oh, Evita, that was on my list of things Ben needs to watch. <laughs> it's. I'm telling you now, Madonna robbed of an Oscar nomination. Even you, I think, would say that she was really... I mean, it's freaking Verity hanging out with Elliot Carver. What's not to like with Puss in Boots? We could actually eventually do, like, Ben forces Colin to watch a movie and Colin forces Ben to watch a movie. Something <laughs> we would never otherwise bother to watch. A, I mean, Avita was fine. Like, I, I had I'd been a long time. I had seen it years ago. I couldn't really remember it. But, like, it was fine. It's just, it's, like, tangent here. But, like... A lot of what annoys me about Cats, among many things, is it's a musical with no talking. It's purely mm. music, right? Evita is exactly the same. There's no talking. It's all music. But the, the positive thing about Evita is at least they explain what's happening. Like, Antonio Medeiros is like the narrator. So he's like singing like, And Evita <laughs> was a child and she got abused. <laughs> then she met Elliot Carver. Whereas like Cats is just like, ah, oh, jellical, jellical bullshit. So like, anyway. Vita Tangent, uh, Cocaine Bear. I will watch Nope one day. Uh, I don't know what makes me more nauseous when you mention Madonna or when you mention cats. I'm thinking it might be cats at this point. <laughs> I think you would I you would you would thoroughly enjoy a Vita compared to cats. I would go on a limb and say you would enjoy a Vita more than you would enjoy Swept Away, which is a travesty. But seriously, Ugh. like Madonna, like I you said she's good in a league of their own. You could not watch it. I mean, yeah. She's literally acting while singing, which is what she does as a profession. So I think even you would watch that movie and go, yeah, Madonna pretty good in that movie. I'm still though, if I had to pick Madonna's acting or even one of her better songs, this used to be my playground. I'm picking her acting in a league of their own over your, <laughs> this used to be my playground. <laughs> really? And that's a decent song, but seriously, you like, the, the, like league a of prayer, their own, she's very you? good. Or like a bird, you like one like, of the like, likes. Uh, yeah. Material like, Girl? I, I can't remember. Material Girl is a good song. Express Yourself, not a bad song. She has some decent ones, but I don't know. This used to be my playground. I think it's one of these things where it's like, it's so uh, it's so serious for a movie like that. Like, that is not the type of song that you have oh, at I the end of like closing. a fun movie. 
Aww, no, but it's like you get this really fun movie, like A League of Their Own. Like that's something that should be closing swept away and not. Oh, I disagree. You know, I think own. it's a good way of like reflective. It's like mood setting. It's, it's like you're reflecting back on the times. Like it used to be their playground. I, I disagree. Yeah, but it's way too serious. Own. I want to debate this with you, Colin. I disagree wholeheartedly. It's a great ending to that movie, not just because it's a Madonna song. It's a it's a decent song. It's a great movie. It's just those two things don't go I've together. Always love the ending uh, of that movie. No. Oh. Anyway, so uh, they do mention here after he takes the helicopter that response deployment is 10 minutes out. Like, you are going to allow your response team to be 10 minutes away from the president? Like, again, how does this happen? Uh, And I do love Jack's, uh, the way that he says, David Palmer was a great man and a great president. (laughs) It almost sounds like very, uh, very, uh, we're not not immature, but... uh, uh, (laughs) He was my favorite president. <laughs> I just want I just want Curtis to chime in, and he was African American. <laughs> As am I. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Bye bye. Uh, and even Jack, like uh, when they they Chloe's telling like the response deployment is ten minutes out, he just goes fine. <laughs> just either the, the one syllable response from Jack. We're gonna get another one. I don't know if you are gonna uh, see the same callback in this, although it was definitely not intentional. When he's like hi. Uh, no, uh, hey, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, he sees Audrey. Hey, yeah. I'm like, oh no, something bad's gonna go down with Audrey here. Take a stop. And and again, like he calls him Mister Logan in yeah. this episode, uh, as opposed to what was it when uh, Pierce called him Charles earlier. So one of the things that was deleted, not even shown, like 17 minutes of footage, and we basically get two deleted scenes in this entire episode which I'm glad for the two they gave, but uh, um, it's in was basically saying that throughout the entire season, I'd love to go back and actually find this. There is a prop that him and Gene Smart talked about and worked a backstory into where they would bring this into the character. And it's basically a chain, like a necklace or whatever. And this is supposed to be for like a dead son that they have, that this is sort of one of the reasons why Martha is the way she is because they lost a child. And this was like the chain of their, 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 you know, deceased son. And that there are multiple times throughout the season where one of them will kind of be holding this chain or or they'll have it. Uh, the scene where uh, he goes in in the last episode to talk to Martha, apparently the chain is visible um, on like the nightstand or something like that. And uh, the way that he uh, worked this backstory in is he even told them, you know, this is this is what we want to do. This is going to be something just for us. But he would try to work it into the show. And in this scene, when Jack's searching him, he talked to Kiefer Sutherland and said, when you're searching me, can you just pull out this chain? He told Kiefer the story behind this chain. So Kiefer did it. But then that got cut from the episode because they were 17 minutes over. But what what would have happened was that when he pulled the chain out, Logan would have had this moment where he almost breaks down, you know, where, where it's like the, the guilt starting to hit him. And you do see glimpses of like Logan's guilt throughout mm. the season. And I don't feel you get it in this episode, but it was always intended that you would start to see Logan almost lose it in this episode. What do you think? Had we had a director's cut of this, the Kassar cut, uh, that would have made it so much better. Like it, it, without knowing what this chain is, obviously it would it would hurt a little bit. But just seeing that different side of Logan would have been great. Interesting. Um, but Gregory Itson actually said that one of his ulterior motives of having Jack do this is he's like, if Jack does that and they pull out the chain and I have a reaction and that makes the episode, then they're guaranteed to bring me back next season too because they have to explain that to the audience. So he was. Th- thinking and scheming like that. And he even mentions in the the commentary that uh, it was, I don't know whether he was the first one to bring it up, but it was after season four and between season four and five, when he said to them, 
you know, you should think about making Logan the villain in mm-hmm. season five. And he, again, it was ulterior motive. I'll keep my job for another season uh, if you bring me in as a villain. Uh, so uh, he, he's a he's a very scheming type of guy, <laughs> very much like Logan. He's got all these plots going on and everything. Um, and yeah, he, he mentions here John Wilkes Booth and uh, what Lee Harvey Oswald too. Like, this is who you're going to be. But then the way that he has the reaction first when jack pulls the gun on him like his reaction is so there is a bit of terror but he's still presidential there Mm. and then you kind of mentioned like the the way that he's talking jack down like this is the skills he's acquired as president between season four and season five he goes it's all right it's all right that you can't shoot me i'm the president of the united states like it's a little bit full of himself but a little bit like where he's he's manipulating jack in like this subtle way it's just it's amazing um I didn't put this down because there is a stronger dramatic scene with Logan later in the episode, but I mean, this, this is, uh, it's on our very long short list of uh, hall of fame scenes that I definitely, uh, I definitely agree to. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, the d- deleted stuff, there's going to be one more scene coming up later on. Um, and then one other moment don't let me forget the other moment to talk about uh, the, uh, the, the Chinese stuff later on. Cause all my notes are at the end here, but uh, yes, the kid in the chain, that would have been great. All right, I'm going to write, don't let Colin forget. That's all I'm going to write. There you go. <laughs> and you already forgot what you're supposed to remind me of. Yeah. And just also, you know, just talking about the fact that poor old, you know, the assassination of James Garfield and William McKinley was forgotten about. Also feel sorry for Leon Kazolgozas, who assassinated William McKinley. And oh, I've always felt bad for that guy. Charles Julius Guiteau, who assassinated Garfield, the president, not the cat. Um, like, you know, Mc- Wil- Wilkes Booth and Harvey Oswald get mentioned. So why don't these other people yeah, get mentioned? Yeah, they get their fame. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Equal opportunists for the assassins. <laughs> um, so, again, like, Jack, he's going to be released. Don't worry, everyone. It's fine. You kidnap the president of the United States. It's all good. But we get this, like, epic moment where the helicopter lands. And Martha is there already. Now, I know she said she would be right behind, and I get it that this helicopter was delayed by, like, 10 minutes, right? But, like, okay, if tomorrow we wake up and Joe got, like, you know, like, kidnapped, like, do you think that he's just going to be like, oh, that was lucky, I got kidnapped with a guy with a gun, all right, off to do what I was doing. Like, are they not going to be like, well, we're going to assess the danger, like, is there more people here? Like, Chloe was on camera there, there could be more people. Like, are they just going to be like, well, that was lucky, Just don't tell anyone about the Secret Service. It was 10 minutes behind. Lol. Let's get you on the helicopter. Orkies. Um, and then just like or, or, fly off. And how about Logan being like, listen, my helicopter was just taken. Is my wife okay? Yeah. She was going to be right behind me. <laughs> and like also these other helicopters that he's on, two Secret Service agents are on this helicopter still. <laughs> Did they not just learn what happened? They also look like Agent Smith from The Matrix. They've got, like, Matrix sunglasses on when they get off the thing. But, okay, nitpicking that aside, how the fuck did Martha get there so quickly? Cool. But then also, um, just this whole sequence is just so well done because, like, it's just the level in which, like, you've got this coffin coming out and, like, the music. And it's just – and this is going back to my point about, like, it's, it goes back to the very first episode. Like, they do this so well. And this is why I think Palmer is such a revered character because he gets kind of a season long tribute and he's kind of the only character that does Terry doesn't Terry. I think is the only character who gets mentioned every season, but you know, it was just Jack hugging a photo. You know what I live? 
Um, you know, Edgar gets a photo at the end of this season. Tony was forgotten that he was even killed a few weeks ago. Um, he's not really even dead. Tony's forgotten that. <laughs> he shows up on set one day. Carlos, you're dead. Am I? Oh, well, you, you guys know. know I'm not dead, right? You well yes, up. you are. Um, there's a person in about four episodes of time where it's never even like implied that he's dead and all of a sudden he's dead. It's like, okay, he got killed in that. Cool. Thanks for telling us. Um, but Palmer gets his season long tribute. And just as an audience member, like this is, I think what it does well. Cause like as a day one viewer, I'm nostalgic for Palmer. Like, Hey, he was from the beginning. We cared about him in the first season. So like, it's still here. And then Martha breaks down, which I always wonder if, and, like, maybe this is a deleted scene. Maybe you know the answer to this. But, like, Martha, like, the way Mike comes up to her and is like, Jack wasn't able to get a confession. And she breaks down and starts like, Oh, you bastard, you killed him. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. Like, I'm assuming this is the backup plan. I'm assuming Mike is giving, yeah. like, a code to, like. Yeah, it's a cue. Yeah, because otherwise this makes no sense and Martha just gets incredibly lucky. Um, but... Yeah, but, like, just everything with this is just, it's the music epic, the scene. They've set the scene so well at this airfield, the way they've done it. Martha gets dragged into this hangar. For the first time all episode, the president goes to the Secret Service agent. Has this building been secured? Um, Did you check the helicopter maybe half an hour ago before you got it, you know, kidnapped? Um, So basically he comes in and you've got to make him evil, right? You've got to make him slap a woman. Um, so he slaps Martha and is like, calm down, woman. Stop being hysterical. If it was the fifties, I would have you over my knee. Um, <laughs> which I mean, he slaps him. So whatever. And I, but the thing that I really like about this is like, they, they kind of almost give away what is about to happen without giving it away because you've got Logan straight away going like, are you wearing a wire? Have you been bugged? Have you been planted? So like, I remember like rewatching this a year ago when I was doing my speed rewatch and even then, it didn't click in my head. I forgot all about this bugging of the pen. So even then, when he's like, are you wearing a wire? I'm going like, huh, I didn't think about that. Oh, well. Like, And even then, I wasn't thinking like, isn't that something else is going on here? Like, I could not remember that. So I'm assuming when I watched this for the first time, I was the same thing. I'm smarter now. I wasn't when I was a kid. So there you go. So basically, this all leads to Martha, you know, going off at him. You killed... President Palmer, you supplied terrorist nerve gas. And, of course, he admits to everything, essentially thinking that, you know, like, I had to do this. You know I had to do this. And you know I had to do this. And then he just gets all threatening, like, you're going to shut up, woman. I'm going to fill you up with tranquilizers and send you to an asylum for the rest of your life. So shut up, damn it. So it's all like, err. And so, like, this is, like, really well set up. You think that Logan's won. Martha's been shut up. Everyone's shut up. Martha's, you know, going to just sit there in silence. And then Logan gives this impassioned speech uh, you know, Palmer was a great guy, great president, and he was my friend. He let me win in table tennis. Um, which I don't, I don't know if I really like that line from Logan saying he was his friend. Uh, but you know, uh, it still kind of works. And meanwhile, Chloe, level works on the guidance system. She's a level two programmer, whatever she is. She's got the power to call a meeting with the attorney general. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, again, I get it. This is epic reveal. But, like, seriously, like, I work at an organization that if I wanted to call someone big, I'm still going to have to go through probably approval levels. I can't just mm-hmm. go, like, hey, I want to speak to that person. Like, I'm sure that's the same with you. But you can get the Attorney General of the United States on the phone who's already been duped, what, like, four hours ago? Um, not even that, three, two hours ago. So, you know. Um, and then I love how, like, Karen and Bill come in. You're a very naughty girl, Chloe. <laughs> 
Mr. Attorney General, I'm sorry we didn't authorize this. And then, like, again, I'm no lawyer, but I know that this is probably not, like, it was the word, inadmissible in court or whatever it is, mm-hmm. because you have planted a recording device on someone without their knowledge. And uh, it's the president. I'm sh- pretty sure a grad school lawyer could get Logan off on this charge. Yeah. It's like circumstantial. It wasn't without consent. There's all these elements to it. It's America. Come on. These guys know what they're doing with the law. But, I mean, again, it makes a dramatic tension because, again, I'm going to even put plot holes in this when it comes through, but they play the recording. It's all like, oh, my God. Like, they got the recording. And then these Secret Service agents and marshals. Why are there marshals there? Like, U.S. marshals just hanging around. All, Might need to arrest the president. <laughs> it's been Tommy Lee Jones. We need to search every outhouse, doghouse, farmhouse. Ever since Nixon, we've been waiting for a dodgy president. <laughs> Wasn't Palmer. He was this close to Palmer. Uh, <laughs> that Clinton. Oh, I was close. Um, Keeler. Oh, he was a good president. He not dead. Um, so I love this guy like on the phone. who's kind of like, yes, Mr. Attorney General. Mm-hmm. Are you sure that's not a mistake? It's like, I'm the Attorney General. I don't make mistakes. Just fucking arrest that man, mate. Um, to which again, like, obviously we're going to find out next season that like this has all been swept under the rug. The US never finds yeah. out about this. So like, As it should. Fair enough. But like as a journalist, I'm in the press gallery. I see a couple of like Secret Service guys like hovering around the president who is then delivered this impassioned speech. I'm sure he's... They would have delivered some sort of itinerary. It would have been like a president will give a speech. He'll touch the coffin. He'll wipe a tear in his eye. Him and Martha will stand and like salute as the plane takes off. He just then gets just like swept away. Oh, great movie. Into the limo. And everyone's just like, cool. Like, I mean, at least like there needs to be some sort of like, you know, like, oh, there's a, there's a national security or something like that. Like, it's tomorrow never dies. It's the woman on the stage. Like, oh, we've had a technical issue. Uh, please stay calm and cover. What's going mm. on there? You're fired. Get out of my sight. Um, but, like, all of this, though, like, is just kind of epic because, like, obviously Logan's, like, saying to these guys, like, like, like what the fuck are you doing? Like, like, you nearly interrupted my speech. And then, so you see him lean in, whisper in his ears, like, hey, so you totally killed uh, the president and your nerve gas. And he's like, those are outrageous allegations. I'm the president of the United States. I demand you arrest these people. It's like, nope, I'm arresting you. It's like, uh, well, what evidence do you have? The recording's been destroyed. And he pulls out a pen. I love the smug Secret Service guy. <laughs> it's like, you've probably never seen one of these before, which I'm kind <laughs> of like, when he really do that? <laughs> um, but then I, the best part about all of this, though, is he turns to Martha and, like, you always forget Mike's in the background as well. And Martha's just got this, like, gotcha, sucker, look on her face. <laughs> <laughs> chubby rain um <laughs> it's just it's just an epic like stare down and even mike in the background old jude chicken chicken cola in the background was like a yeah fuck you bastard and then he kind of just looks so defeated swept into the limo and then it just even stopped there with just the um palmer's coffin still being sort of lot up we've got the gun salute onto the plane yeah just epic i've got this obviously as another potential top five moment um I mean, I know there's technically a jack bit here before the commercial break, but I'm going to combine that all into the last mm. bit. So basically all the, the Logan reveal here, which um, is just, it's pretty epic. Which but, uh, Can I just add one thing before I forget the plot hole here? Like we went over this a couple of weeks ago about like the attorney general. Like I don't think the attorney general has the power to just be like, hey, president, you did something illegal. 
like bugger off. Like I still think because he's the president, there has to be like trials and impeachments and like like again, I don't know my presidential law, but I don't think this is you know, possible. If Joe's listening, he can tell us. Joe, Joe! we need to know. I mean, Donald, he got impeached like 17 times, didn't he? So, I mean, <laughs> he's got some experience in it. He's been indicted like 87 times since we started this episode. He's still <laughs> front runner for the Republican nomination. So, hey. Um, I mean, the, this scene with Martha, the, I'm going to fight for this for our top five. This is amazing. This is Martha? one of those. Uh, the well, slap. I, I would group it. I would group it all in together, like the scene on the tarmac, as well as the one in the hangar. It's kind of really like uh, basically it's from the point he lands really to the end. You can almost count that as yeah. one scene. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's kind of broken down with Chloe in the middle there, but like, yeah, like sorry to interrupt, but like I think I would agree that's kind of lumped. It's kind of like how would you the last scene with the Chinese freighter? Because I kind of technically include mm-hmm. Jack getting kidnapped, even though there's like a break in between. So. Yeah, exactly. Edit it together for our video that nobody really sees. Um, the uh, yeah, the, the the fact that he says it's a national day of mourning. Like, I wonder what a national day of mourning is. Like, is it basically just we're asking for people to mourn, or is this like a paid holiday? Like, I'm gonna say this selfishly. Like, if, if Canada has a national day of mourning because you know Jamie kills Justin Trudeau or something like that, if he actually gets killed, now she's gonna go to jail. So let's be prepared to edit this if it happens. But. Uh, but like, does that mean that like nobody's going to work? Because when he says national morning, like I'm wondering all the people were sitting at home saying it's like, I'm already stuck at, I'm under curfew still. Like, it's, where am I going to go? I think a national day, it's kind of like when the queen died and um, we've had national days in morning here. I think it's just more of a, it's ceremonial. Like every government building has to have their flag at half mass. Like you can't play certain music on the right. Like there's just, it's ceremonial. Like it's not like a public mm-hmm. holiday. Because one way or the other, let's, okay, curfew is technically lifted here. But after one of the things that happened over the course of these last 24 hours, there's a lot of businesses that are still not opening. Um, and after everything that's happened, I doubt anybody's going to work. Everybody's still sitting at home. Even if the curfew's lifted, I'm not going nowhere. I actually... I'm, I'm going to get some nerve gas in me. I feel that when I... like, I think I read an article recently or watched a video about like the ceremonial aspects in the United States that happen when a former president dies. And it's like... um, I don't know if they have a National Day of Morning, but I think like government buildings are... You've got to have flags at half mast for like two weeks. Um, like it's mm. just, it's, it doesn't matter. Even if fucking Trump died, you'd have to do it because he was a former president. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, again, it's a, but you're right. Like there, has a the curfew been lifted? The pub, Logan's been arrested. Like, <laughs> can you lift the curfew guys? Like, I'm going to go to work. <laughs> I mean, he's technically at work right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, this scene is amazing when, when Martha, there's two lines she has first one she's saying he's a murderer it's like her acting is just so good there and then the, the second one which i had forgotten about this line is it's sacrilege for him to be speaking david's name but she's yelling all this so when you're adding about how the uh the secret service guys are hauling away the president and all of a sudden he resigns and all of a sudden his marriage breaks up you're like people are going to piece those things together there's enough people around who are hearing, hearing her say murderer and don't speak David's name. Mm. They're like, this this will catch on. People are going to know what happened well, here. The press, the, 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 so she's the chief aide. So her name is Wendy Brown, the, the, the short-haired, like, red-headed woman who's like the, you know, the press, the woman who's controlling the press. He's like, says mm. to the top of that's enough. You see the look on her face. She's like, what? <laughs> like, 
I knew something. I'm going to call the press. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the the scene is so good. And uh, when, when he slaps her too, like, We've kind of been waiting for a moment where he is pure villain. And I don't, I don't know whether this helps you at all, because I know mean, you've struggled with this more than I have with, you know, Logan all of a sudden just suddenly becoming a Bond villain and everything. And and a moment like this actually helps. Like, mm. it, I'm not saying, oh, good for you for slapping that woman. But what I'm saying is don't don't cut that up. Don't make a soundbite. Uh, uh, now I'm you gave is, me an idea. <laughs> this is like the moment that pushes him over the edge because we have had a lot of that you know, flip-flopping, which I think is intentional, like the guilt that that Logan has and the fact that this this isn't all his doing and this isn't what he planned. He just sort of got into deep. And this is like the moment where he suddenly, he becomes the bad guy. Mm. And he's slapping her and he's like, I don't care anymore. And, uh, you know, he, he I'm glad I killed David, you know? But I think and I'll kill his brother. I think I'm not as opposed to it in this episode because I think I said like last week or whatever it was, that you're kind of used to it by now. It's not just like a sudden shift that happened overnight. And I think well, what they do well in this episode is you get a mix of that awkward, you know, Logan that we knew before this turn mixed with a sinister Logan. So I think I think maybe maybe even Gregory Itzen found a balance at this point. Like he could bring back what he had with Logan mixed with this new evil one. But you're right, the slap kind of solidifies, the slap. solidifies it a little bit more. Um, it, it, to me, I, I kind of have always felt like that flip-flopping is like the, the dilemma with Logan, but this moment, this is where they solidify. Okay. He's the bad guy. You know, there's, there's no going back. This is like him. This is what have I done? The Anakin moment. (laughs) Uh, I I pledge myself to your teachings, Graham Bauer. (laughs) I therefore call Uh, you Darth Logan. (laughs) Henceforth. Henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Itzen because <laughs> he's got to change his name. Oh, Darth Itzen has a ring to it. it. I like that. It sounds like a, a Sith Lord. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- th- this this entire sequence is amazing. Now, th- so there's two deleted things I want to talk about. And look, I didn't forget, so you could cross off your note here. Okay. Uh, Don't so- let Colin forget. All right. But you forgot. Um, but uh, the 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 first part is. Something that's not shown on the deleted scenes, but Gregory Ritson mentions it was deleted. And that's when they had that helicopter thing. You should follow me, Martha. And it's like, oh, no, 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 really. You go ahead. This is it, this is your glorious day with the politicians. Another Star Wars one there. Uh, but uh, he had originally fought with her a little bit more. Not fought with her as in like, shut up, woman. But he was like, no, 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 no. I really want you to come. And when she's saying, no, I, no, uh, I think you, you need to have the presidential moment. He goes, I really think it, it went on for quite a while. And it, when they cut it, it, this was actually one of those moments where, where Robert Cochran actually said something on the commentary. And it was, it was basically saying, you know, you, you can't have that scene of him pleading with her to come along. And two things, one, you don't have that presidential arrogance. She's playing on his ego. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, the ego is important for him. We, we know that from all the way back at the end of season four, ego is a thing with Logan. And the second part is, that tips the audience off with, oh, Martha's going to be in on it because Logan being suspicious right there of her, even if it's not meant to be him being suspicious, he's saying, no, 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 really come. Then you're going to question, well, why is he not all of a sudden sus- Martha is wired or whatever? And, oh, you're trying to get a confession out of me uh, because we already saw a little bit of that suspicion earlier on. So yeah. that cutting that moment actually is partly why you, don't doubt because it does feel it still feels a little bit weird 
having him be like, all right, and I'll tell you how I did it too. <laughs> uh, I killed the president. See, then, but those meddling kids. Everybody, the meddling CTU agents. <laughs> uh, but but it's still a little bit implausible, but it's a lot. it would have been a lot more implausible if they had, had not cut that other moment. Uh, the second thing is right after the scene here where Logan gets taken. It, again, implausibility, but I still love it. Like It's one of these things where it's like, yeah, th- this this is not quite realistic. It's a little bit cheesy, but man, does it work. Uh, it, when the Secret Service comes up and he goes, uh, you take your orders from me. He goes, not anymore. Yeah. Right? And then he even has it. Have you seen this, Mr. President? It's cheesy, but I love it. Um, but uh, how does that happen so quickly? Again, these Secret Service guys, did they say, everybody, I need to play a recording for you. And trust me, there's no way this has ever been fake. Not like the Cypress recording. And then they play the recording. <laughs> they like, wow, I'm outraged. I'm going to get him right now. And I'm, I'm going to give him a piece of for Wayne Palmer next election. <laughs> no more voting for the white man. I'm <laughs> done with the white man. <laughs> so over the white man. But then right after the scene where he gets taken, there's there's actually a really nice moment I wish they'd had in here where Martha and Mike are sort of talking about this. And Martha is saying, you know, uh, you know, when I first met Charles, I thought he was the most idealistic man I ever knew. Um, and, and she basically starts saying all these fond memories about him. And Mike's sort of going along with it and saying, it's like, yes, yes, yeah. He was once upon a time a great man. Like <laughs> I'm kind of making a joke out of it, but it's like it's actually a really great scene because it's showing like Martha didn't do this in spite because you, you you always have it in the back of your head. It's like ah, does she have a thing going with Palmer? Like she's really hung up on this guy and doesn't seem to care much for her husband. But that scene kind of makes it a more of a moral issue with her. So I wish they had had some way they could have kept that. You saw um, longer than ninety seconds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he didn't even get his clothes off this time. Uh, I got none. Uh, well, I actually forgot to mention it. Like when you're talking about things that she could have done to make that go longer. I don't know if you remember very well White Christmas when we watched that a couple mm. years ago. There's a scene where they're trying to distract the general before so he doesn't see Bing Crosby on TV and he fakes an ankle injury. Martha could have done that. She could have, oh, 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 Charlie Horse. A Charlie Horse would have had him last longer than her having sex towers with every time Basil, oh, my leg, oh, a bit of shrapnel <laughs> in the wall. Oh, yeah. Like every time he does it, it works. Yeah. Longer than freaking Charles Logan. Longer than Charles Logan, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, still that, that scene with, uh, I don't know whether this one made the cut or not because um, I kind of watched the scene back to back, but Mike has a moment here. I think this was the deleted scene where uh, um, Martha says, oh, and what about Jack Bauer? He goes, oh, I just talked to him and he's going to be okay. No, that's not it. Uh, when, when did you just when did you just talk to him? Mike, that's a scene that needed to be deleted because like it made no it's 17 minutes over and you still couldn't explain how Mike took a phone call. Oh, yeah. Jack Bauer. Is he OK? Oh, yeah. OK. You heard the recording. Good. And you're outraged as well. Yes. Don't worry. He'll get what's coming to him. I'm glad here Jack Bauer's okay. Martha, Jack's okay. Uh, that's uh, obviously the lead scene. Um, yeah, and then the Jacks, the rest of what I have here is for the Jack stuff. Um, also, uh, one thing that uh, outraged me in this episode: uh, Logan's pen got stolen by that Secret Service agent. When he when he uh, taps the little uh, tracking device, he hands it off to another <laughs> Secret Service agent and puts it in his pocket. Fucking pen nicker. Oh, that we saw Independence Day. Those are souvenirs, right? They <laughs> yeah, got those pens <laughs> that they give away. Dad, what are you talking about? It's like it's because they have. Um, I, when I went to the Lyndon B. Johnson Library in in Austin, because it's like a thing. Like every time a president signs a bill, not not Bill Buchanan, like a bill into law, <laughs> they like literally have a person who like takes that pen 
and keeps it and it's like put on display. Like, so they're like in the Lyndon B. Johnson, there was like, I don't know, like 120 pens on display. And it was like, this is a penny signed this healthcare act into order with, this is a penny signed in this. Like, it's like a literally a thing. They like have to keep them as like a piece of like national history. So, you know, this is where he signed Bill Buchanan's forearm. Well, that fucking secret service agent's making bank off that pen. He's on yeah. eBay like the next day. <laughs> the pen that brought down the president. The Chinese will love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll just go through the end here. So Jack is sitting there. He's been, again, yeah. What did you, what did you, what are you arrested for? Oh, kidnapping the president, holding a gun on him, kidnapping him, uh, putting this. Oh, you're fine. Oh. Audrey's here. Okay. Like, I got a big complaint with this one. Well, oh, I mean, like, can, it can I just say it now so I don't forget it. it? Go for it. Okay. So when, when Audrey comes up here, this I'll, I'll cover the rest of the scene later. When Audrey comes up and she says something, he's like, oh, Jack, oh, we do. don't worry. I could be debriefed tomorrow. You just kidnapped the president. You just brought down the president 24 hours and they're going to wait on the debrief. This is why Logan got off scot-free yeah. because nobody got debriefed by Jack Bauer. Mr. Bauer, we really need it now. Tomorrow. It can wait. <laughs> my, my, my snake needs to go in the hole. But like... <laughs> Like also, Jack's gonna have questions from many people. He faked his death. That's illegal. Like <laughs> he hasn't paid taxes in eighteen months. <laughs> like he is. Like seriously, it's illegal. You can't do it because the late fees on his blockbuster card. Like he hasn't paid his internet. He's got an overdue phone bill. Um, <laughs> like I mean, seriously, like he's no longer legally the father of Kim Bauer. I'm just gonna fake my death tomorrow. I want to pay my bills. Like <laughs> simple. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, cause I think it's like a thing, like, like I know my student debt that I owe the government of Australia. Hello, uh, Mr. Albanese for listening. If I die tomorrow, they wipe it. So I'm like, cool. I don't want to pay my couple of whatever it is back to the government. I'm going to kill myself. Well, fake myself. You not really. Do you still have student loans? How long does it take you to pay off student loans? Uh, it's weird in Australia. So like we get like, you go to university here and you sign up to what's called hex higher education something system um and basically you you don't like it's not like you go to a bank or anything it just you just go to uni like nothing happens and then essentially it's kind of connected to your tax so then basically like when you get a job and you earn over a certain amount and you get your pay slip basically you'll look at it and go okay they took this amount of tax and they've taken this amount of like your like it's just it's automated and yeah but of course like i didn't work for a certain period of time so like it, they add interest to it. But then like when you do your taxes, if you haven't paid a certain amount, like the older you get, they come after you more. So it's, uh, just, it's, it's, it's not like, it's, like I've got say like loans or credit cards where like the bank's going to be after you, you got to pay it a certain down. I could go three years without paying it and nothing mm-hmm. happens, but like eventually I'll get to a certain age or they'll be like, Hey, you haven't paid any of this in a while you owe us money. So <laughs> it's weird. I mean, it- here it's like, um, uh, it's, it's a regular loan. Like you don't have to, re- I, I think it's something like, Six months after you graduate uh, is when you have to start repaying the loans. I mean, whether you're working oh, or not. No, the, not only, the only time mine got frozen was during COVID. They basically sent out an email saying, we're freezing all student loan repayments. Uh, if you are able to repay, then by all means, you're welcome to. And I thought about it, then I'm like, how Canadian? I can just, t- well, <laughs> I'm like, I could take that same money that I would be paying my student loans, let it sit in a tax free savings account, and I'm collecting interest instead of paying because they're not charging me interest for this this six month period or whatever during COVID. So I made money on my student loans a little bit, but I made some money. I, I didn't get 
a full-time job out of my degree for like five years. So like I didn't pay a cent on my loan <laughs> for like, and even then I think I was under the threshold. That would be threshold. amazing here. But it's like, it's still, it's like, it's, it's good and bad. Like, cause obviously there's a hovering debt that exists on my head. Mm-hmm. Like, like I've got debts that I'm paying off, but like this one, like is not in my face every now and then I can pay off all my other yeah. debts, move overseas again. All of a sudden they're going to be like, Hey, guess what? You're it's like $20,000. Like, cool. Um, <laughs> one day. But anyway, hello, Mr. Albanese. Do well in life. Um, so yes, Jack gets away with kidnapping the president. Audrey shows up. Now, was it, it was a season two, wasn't it? Kate just shows up randomly at the end in the ambulance, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Like reminiscent, but like, again, different. We give a shit about Audrey. No, no disrespect to Kate. We cared about Kate, but just remember her. Um, so then like kind of Jack's all horny for Audrey. He's like, I'll get to brief tomorrow. I've had enough talking. I'm going to make out with you. And then Audrey's kind of all like, oh, I can't believe you're here. And then all of a sudden we get, Again, like I remember watching this for the first time and I never clued in, but like it's kind of when you watch this now, is it a mm. bit obvious? Because we get a man of Asian descent. I'm yeah. assuming he's meant to be Chinese because this is a plot of chi- of him getting kidnapped to China. That is not Ben being racist. Assuming an Asian man is Chinese is within the character and the part of the story that we're about w- to talk to. Just so you know, you're not being racist because they mentioned that. Robert Cocker mentions that in the commentary that they like, I wonder how many people caught on to this, that we actually had a Chinese man coming and it ends up being the Chinese that take him. So that was intentional. First time I watched it, did not caught on. Obviously, every time since now, it's kind of like, it's like, oh, cool. He's Chinese. That makes sense. Um, So Jack, but like, there's got to be like, I'm sorry, Jack, you're a smart man. Like there was no way that you even knew you were going to be at this facility. So how does Kim yeah. know you were here? Um, surely Jack should be like, really, Kim, my daughter? How does she know I'm here? Oh, we just need some sort of line. So, well, oh, CTU tried to reach you and they patched you through. And so, well, CTU doesn't even know I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm under be- arrest. Wait a Wait a minute. That Chinese man is wearing sunglasses at night. <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right about this. Um, so anyway, Jack goes to take the phone call and uh oh, he gets kidnapped. Plot twist. Which I always forget that this is kind of like the cliffhanger before the commercial break. I always think this just is a subsequent like end yeah. sequence, but I actually kind of like this. I like this because I forget I remember watching this live going, oh, like what happened? But then I forget that there's sort of more to this. It's kind of just some concluding end of season, you know, stuff that we get. Karen and Jack, uh, Karen and Jack, Karen and Bill <laughs> flirt. They want to get back breakfast, but no, Bill's horny for Karen. Does this not remind you of season two? It's like, so what are you saying? If we stop this nuclear bomb, we can maybe go get a drink sometime. Um, But I kind of actually like, this is like the first time we've ever really seen like an end of shift 24. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's sort of, we've never really seen this before. Although back, back to when Logan was giving that speech and it's like, today has been a trying day. I'm like, well, for the American public, it's a new day because it's 6 a.m., so they're going to be yeah. like, it's just started, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? Whereas for all these people at like CTU. What happened during the night when I was sleeping? This is where like, it. it's a shame they never did the whole midnight to midnight thing again. But it's kind of like, that's where that's the only time you can really ever use that. But anyway, so uh, they're going to get breakfast another day. Um, Bill hands a photo to Chloe with her and Edgar. She starts to have a bit of a cry. Um, Morris comes in. He's like, do you want to have a talk about it? And she's like, yep. I just want to get props to Marilyn Radjkip then. Again, for somebody who's not really an actor, who's not a serious actor, she can do this really well. Um, mm-hmm. So good job for her. Um, Audrey, meanwhile, goes in, waiting for Jack, sees the phone off the hook, and straight away she's just like, spidey senses are off. Jack Bauer's missing. And all of that secret search says, Jack Bauer's missing. And everyone's just like, real, real, real. Urgent, urgent. 
Now, and I, I'm guessing... Who's Jack Bauer? I thought he was dead. <laughs> I'd love to know, like, and when you talk about this, maybe if there's anything on the commentary. I, I, I want to feel there's a bit of creative licensing on the end of this with the real-time format because... They don't mention it. Because, well, there's a, there's, it's written on the um, Wikipedia article about how maybe this is alluded to because, like, Jack is literally in the middle of the ocean right now on a ship. And this has been six minutes. Now, I know 24 can be a bit fast and loose with travel time, but there is no helicopter that takes off. I don't even think they're at a port. So how on earth he is on a boat? I don't know. So I want to believe that this is a bit of creative licensing. This is maybe half an hour into the future, even though I know we get the Mm -hmm. clock at the end that ticks up to seven, but otherwise this really makes no sense. But anyway, that aside... It's this epic moment where you kind of see Jack being... And again, he's so fucking beaten up. Like, I mean, that's seven minutes worth of beating and he's already that way? <laughs> Jesus. Guy bruises like a fucking peach. Um, so he's there and he's like all dragged up. Then you see the reveal. Everybody reveals their hoods. They're all Chinese. And who comes in? Here's Chang. He's back. Um, and just like, burr, 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 plot twist. And uh, the, only, <laughs> the only thing that I read in the book that was worth of note was um, Seema basically said that he was very shocked to get the phone call to return and he was very excited when he got it. Um, and, like, I, I love even the way they play on that, like, you know, shock, which, again, this is what I was thinking they would do with Leo Stoller, with old, um, you know, what's-his-face from Lost when you got the German guy earlier this season. I was expecting this to be, like, a future thing. Like, these are kind of those little, like, I don't want to call Chen a minor character, but in the grand scheme of last season, I don't think many people would remember. Like, he's more prominent than Mandy. But this is still yeah. almost like a Mandy moment for the super fans. Because, like, we've not seen mm-hmm. him all season. So if you've picked this up in season five and gone, wow, this show is amazing, you're not going to have a fucking clue who this guy is. And this goes yeah. back to, I think, what I was saying last week or the week before about how they've all but forgotten about the Chinese storyline. Like, if, if, imagine if they ended this without a Chinese storyline. Like, um, what a, China's after him, like, plot hole. But they just let it simmer so well. And I remember mm-hmm. when I watched this live going like, wow, that is clever. Like, good job, 24. Like, I love continuity when they can do that. And then, like, obviously, uh, Cheng just basically like, you know, you don't think China forgets. Well, like an elephant, China never forgets. Um, and then Jack's just like, just just give me one phone call, one phone call. And Cheng kind of does a Jack Bauer stare down, nothing. And then Jack basically claps. And it's, I love this moment where he's just like, kill me. Just kill me. Like, it's like, fucking hell. Like, Jack, Jesus. And then Cheng just basically just like, we're not going to kill you. You're too valuable for us. And then he walks off and you see them all around him about to beat the shit out of him. Bip, 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 bip. The first time we've ever had a uh, finale, I believe, without a split screen. Uh, So there's a fact for you. Just epic. And like, this is, yeah, the most powerful, biggest cliffhanger ending to a season since David Palmer nearly got killed. Um, it's, it's, it's epic. It's so goddamn good. And again, I'm obviously putting this up as a potential top five, uh, because this is just so epic. I mean, if we were to rate the cliffhangers of 24 of all the seasons, I'd probably put this at three or four. I think it's amazing. So yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to put it at two. I, and I think that one is over that, but one is almost different. One's like a cliffhanger just in that this is the ending. We're not going to be following up on this. It's just this is a shocking ending. Shocking, positively. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Terry's but, uh, number. Terry's death is number one. It's just a matter of. Yeah. I mean, but, I think two. But it's a different type of cliffhanger. 
Yeah, two. I'm, I think I would almost put Jack breaking down as two than this tied with Palmer's assassination attempt. Yeah, I'd put this above Palmer's assassination. I think this is so perfect. Um, it's, uh, it's it's the perfect setup to the next season. It's like Jack Bauer dying, but it's like nobody sees this coming and there's, there's nothing pleasant about it. This is, we are grabbing you and you have to come back for episode one of season six. Um, it, it's obviously going to be a continuing story. Is and and the thing with Palmer's assassination is like they never really followed that up the way that I thought they would. So that, I think mean, that kind of the plays game, part too, Colin. But, uh, but but before I talk about the all the Jack stuff here, um, now I, I we both know where we're going to be introduced to Bill and Karen in the next season. Um, flash forward uh, a couple weeks two weeks from now we're gonna be talking about them already being married uh so i i remembered it being a more subtle build like it wasn't quite such a shocker when season six started and it's like oh they're married now it was sort of like oh yeah i guess that makes sense uh so we week after week after week i kept wondering i'm like when are they actually going to show anything with these characters because i don't remember it being like this is out of left field and it is one moment of her him asking out for breakfast and it's not even done in a way where it's like super flirty, but yet it works so well. And I think it's because of how good these characters are together. I think the audience just sort of has in the back of their head and literally in the back of their head, because nobody's watching this saying they've got to get these two characters together. It just, it, it just, it works so perfectly. You're like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. And it, it's like one scene. It's just, I, I, I got to give them props. So if this is James Morrison and uh, Jane Atkinson, they pulled off this. Oh yeah, sorry, we forgot to do that thing. They have to be married next season because you guys put something together quickly. Uh, done very well. Um, but it kind of gave me a laugh. Or right after he's talking to Karen, and she says, "Oh, I gotta go debrief," you know, because Jack wants to wait a day to debrief on this whole presidential takedown thing. Uh, then he, the next thing you do, he's talking to Chloe. He goes, "Chloe, um, you think you might want to go get some breakfast?" Like it was basically <laughs> the way that scene started. I'm like, "Is he gonna say that?" <laughs> Hey, Is he just lonely Chloe, and wants breakfast? <laughs> good work. Want to go get some hash browns? <laughs> uh, I'm guessing you read the trivia bit of what's written on the back of the um, the Chloe Edgar picture. Uh, I don't know if I did. Enlighten me. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll save that for our trivia at the end. I'll, I'll let you catch up to it. Uh, but oh, uh, actually, no, I did read it. Sorry, found I it here. That. Jackie's dead and fan phone. I written back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I never I saw that afterwards, so I never freeze frame to see if it's actually visible on camera. But um, yeah, no, the Jack stuff is so perfect. Like first, just Jack and Audrey, the simplicity. Like, I don't know how many times this season we've had the exact same scene play out. Jack and Audrey both walk into a room together. They're just staring lovingly at each other. Barely say a thing. In this case, he's saying, hey, which is one of his kill codes. Ben's tilting his head trying to see yeah, if he can read it now. Jackie's <laughs> dead. And yeah, it does. It's backwards. That's so cool. I got to see that. Day Ed uh, and <laughs> yeah, in the naff. I'm sure that like every fan was just freeze framing that back in 2006. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the way that uh, this Jack Audrey, like every single Jack Audrey scene is exactly the same. But like this, this, this might be my favorite one. Just the simplicity of, hey, and it's like, oh, hey, you want to go get some breakfast? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, I got to take this call first. Because because it's it's heartbreaking. Like, we're going to get Kim back. It's season six. I, we always mix these up. It's season six or season seven. We're going to get Kim back. back to season seven. Oh, not Kim. Sorry, Audrey. Kim uh, no, Raver, we, I mean. we, we, uh, we do get Audrey back uh, briefly in season six, but then we won't see her again until season nine. Her main arcs is nine. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. like Oh, don't get me started. It, next, it almost, I'll say next season when she returned. 
like as much as it's, I it's hate so that season, <laughs> that episode when she returned, the way they pulled that off, uh, I'll talk about it next season, but like that's maybe the biggest moment I lost my shit in 24 history. I was so excited. Yeah, the, but but like the fact that you know that these two characters don't have any closure for several years, it's almost harder to watch now than it was at the time. And at the time, you're like, oh, two seasons with these characters, and then all of a sudden Jack gets taken. Like I remember just being crushed, but like now it's even worse. I'd argue they don't have ever have closure. I mean, next season, not really at all because Audrey's just so destroyed. And then season nine, when she's married to good old Tate Donovan, they kind of have like a scene, but it's no, I, I would argue they never have closure. And that's what, again, adds to the beauty of this relationship between these two. It's a tragic love story. I mean, all of Jack's three main ones, Renee, um, Terry and Audrey are all tragic. Kate forgotten again. <laughs> um, okay. Like you never saw it on screen. It was always implied. Yeah. Like it was just similar. To what you're saying about yourself. Like, I, I don't really like Kate's like a 0.5 of a romance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but, but yeah, like it's definitely like, I, I'm guessing you're agreeing with me that it's, it's actually worse to watch the scene now than it was in 2006. Cause in 2006, you're thinking, you Oh, this know. will be resolved next season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, there's obviously like a lot of things are rushed in this episode. Nothing more rushed than he's on a shipping container <laughs> out in the ocean. Cause we saw the, the logistics to get that plane to take off. Yeah. And that, that one infamous episode, what was that? Like six hours for the plane with all these dignitaries take off. And then the Chinese are like, no, we're out of here guys. <laughs> uh, if it had been on a submarine, I might've bought it a little bit more. I don't know. Shoot the scene on a helicopter, but uh, interesting trivia facts. So, um, Jack or his name's not Jack Kiefer. Kiefer actually had a part in designing his beat up makeup. Huh. So w- when they were getting ready to shoot this episode, he came in with pictures that he had found like of people with injuries. And he said, Hang all right, on, no, I it was my- him. It was a drunken night out the night before. <laughs> this is what I looked like the last time I got bashed up. Is Guys, can you write nope. this into the episode? Maybe exactly. just have the Chinese do it. We haven't brought them back in yet. The tree. That's when he fell off the Christmas tree. He yeah. had all the fucking bruises. <laughs> Keep for what happened. Just write it into the script. You don't want to know. Just, just, no more shootouts. I told you. <laughs> I'm forcing your hand here. I told you no more shootouts. shootouts. This is what happened. But but like he actually showed them, this is what I want my eye to look like. This is what I want my nose to look like. So, I mean, he basically played a part in how his incredibly beat up makeup uh, looks there. Uh, now, the, it, it was they do address the commentary about like bringing the Chinese back. Uh, it's actually Gregory Itzen who, who says earlier on in the season, like when, when the first, I don't know, six, seven episodes, every single week he would have some fan asking him on the street, hey, are they going to resolve that whole Chinese thing? And he goes, ah, oh, you know, I think they might, uh, like not knowing whether they're going to do it or not. And then Robert Cochran basically saying like, yeah, we, we had to lay off of that. We, we had to let the audience forget. And you're right. It's exactly the right amount of time. It's, it's done exactly right. So even the, the super fans aren't thinking, well, they got to bring the Chinese back in. It's just when they bring them back in, you're like, yeah, yeah, I remember this now. But you, if they had done this at episode eight or episode nine, mm. not nearly as effective. I mean, not just because it's a finale, because it's just long enough for everybody to forget. Because this is the, the thing I remember most about it, like seeing this scene and seeing Zima there, uh, which it also helps that he's like the, the, one of the few Asian actors during this time period where it's like, He's that guy who's in every single movie where they have an Asian, you know, like you, you know, this actor. So you, you instantly recognize him, and you're like, Oh, that whole thing from the Chinese. It's just, it's brilliant. Uh, and, and it really is the setup for season six. It's, it's not going to play a huge part in season six outside of like what the opening one or two episodes uh, it might even be the first episode that kind of resolve this. 
Because I know we we see Jack still in custody and we we see him uh, Unabomber look and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean it's we've got the prequel, of course, which kind of goes. But like, yeah, that's, oh, I and mean, I've never seen that. Out of the, um, I mean, this is again, which we'll get into the first four episodes of season six, which I think they they really start to kind of touch on a broken Jack and can he do like. Yeah, because basically within the first, like, 20 minutes, it's like every season of 24, like, Jack's dead, yeah. Jack's done that. Oh, within 20 minutes, he's just back to normal. But he's not really. Like, this is the closest you get to such an unhinged Jack. I mean, he's fucking a vampire next episode. Um, <laughs> but, like, they're not four episodes. I just forget about it because Daddy Bauer's in here, so let's move on. But, I mean, this is I, – I might put this up there. If we really had to discuss it, if I had to separate season one and season five – uh, this working as a cliffhanger, like wanting you tuning back the next season, this is as good as it gets. Um, uh, just like Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt, it's as good as it gets. And Greg Kinnear. Let's not forget Greg Kinnear. We love Greg Kinnear. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love this scene. I, I love that they waited as long as they did. I love Zima's line where he even says, the Chinese have a very long memory, Mr. Bauer. <laughs> Longer than the audience because the audience forgot. Uh, it, it, this is this is amazing. Uh, and, and I almost wish that we'd gotten a full season with the Chinese that followed this, like, like tie them into season six a little bit more uh, because when we, well, well, we'll discuss it more in two weeks when we actually get into season six, but the way that this sort of gets negotiated, like, no, no, no. I want to see that drag out more. We, I would love to see a 24 season where you have five, six, seven episodes of having to get Jack back from something like this. The, the thing. Yeah, I agree. But like, this is where, one of the many issues of season six, because when we, we get Seymour back next season, we get Cheng back like towards the end. And then he's just, he teams up with freaking Jack's dad. And there's this whole, like, he's just such a cartoonish Bondville. Like it's just, it's, this guy was a consulate of China or whatever he was, or like the consulate assistant or whatever he was. And they sort of explain it, but like, I mean, he's almost the most long standing villain in 24 is Cheng because like he's mm-hmm. in season nine. Like, you know, like he's that yeah. far into it. So, um, but it's just, ugh, wait till we get to next season. I think you'll have the same opinion on me, what they do with his character. But um, <laughs> I'm with you though. But like yeah, the, the prequel, I mean, next season will be the last prequel. Um, unless, I mean, Redemption's technically a two-hour prequel. Um, but it's maybe the weakest of the prequels. I mean, this season's prequel wasn't amazing, but next season is just a rehash of the season five prequel, but Jack's got a beard and he's in China. So um, <laughs> that's that's basically it. So, yeah, anyway. Um, some trivia that hasn't been touched on. I love Thanks, uh, Season 5, uh, 24 Wiki. This episode is a season finale of 24th Fifth <laughs> Season. Um, so that's good to know. Um, it's, yeah, the Jack is dead and fan phone are written on the photo. Um, we mentioned about the Marine 1, Navy 1 mistake there. Um, similar to Mandy's role in day two, uh, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. and Nina Meyer's return in day three. Sima is uncredited for his role as Cheng Ji to lead an element of surprise. Uh, the first ever season finale not to feature Tony Almeida or David Palmer. Although Palmer's body is presumably inside the coffin. <laughs> Thanks for that. that. <laughs> yes, I would assume that the presidential coffin has his body in it. Uh, the only season finale in which no character dies. It's a interesting one. Um, oh, yeah, because uh, the Secret Service guys, he just tasers them. Mm. Uh, the last episode for a series regular for both Gregory Itz and Gene Smart, well, both all, uh, and Kim Raver. 
Uh, although she would be a series regular in Live Another Day, Season 9, whatever you want to call it. The last ever Mike Novick episode, everyone. Oh. Um, and we will find out next season that Graham Bauer basically gave the information to the Chinese to help him out there. Um, but yeah, this is a point I was mentioning about the real time. So it says, while the ending of this scene is counted as part of the real time of the episode, it is extremely improbable that the Chinese operatives could get Jack out to the middle of the ocean on the freighter within 10 minutes without some sort of air transport, which was apparently absent in the area of the warehouse. And there's not even like a helicopter on that shipping container either. You can't see one. Uh, this exchange could have happened after the last minutes of the final hour. Um, so yeah, that's why like maybe there's a bit of creative mm-hmm. licensing there going on. Uh, there's nothing in the book. It literally just talks about um, Carlo Reuter or whatever his name is, just being a Canadian essentially. And it's just uh, Kim Raver talking about the scene between her and Jack and the heartbreak. Uh, it's obviously a buy for me, and I'm assuming it would be for you as well. Absolutely, 100%. So where are you rating this? I'll let you go first. See, well, rating, I mean, you said at the... Rating. Yeah, you said at the beginning of the episode this would be what your second favorite finale. Uh, as um, of right now, it is the second best finale of twenty four. Uh, I, I kind of knew going into the season, like from the start of it, that the, the, the finale was going to be potentially a top ten for me. Um, looking at my rankings, I have uh, one finale. I'm very much debating whether I like more than this. Uh, it's between season three and season five right now for me. Uh, and my rankings is pretty much right around there. But uh, I, I think I will give the edge to this one because this is uh, the, the cliffhanger kind of is, is what uh, seals it, even though I love the season three cliffhanger, if you want to call it that, it's just on a, on a completely different level. Um, yeah, there's things in the episode that are rushed, but I mean, I, it's one episode where I could kind of understand why everything happens the way it does. And and you almost check your brain off and you're not thinking this is a real time show anymore. You're just enjoying it for what it is. Uh, that Martha and Charles scene that that that's got to give the edge over season three as well. So uh, I'm this will be ranked season three's finale was ranked at number six for me overall. This is going to be higher. Um, so I'm actually going to rank this at number five, which will actually push season six down to number seven for me. So this will be a top five episode. My top five is now made up of three episodes from season five. What was your number one season five episode? Uh, episode 12. And, when, and then 18, and then this. So you bumped number one out of the top 10 now, haven't you? Number one is now, yeah. Episode oh. one is now number 11 for me. Oh. And I've got uh, how many episodes? No, yeah. So my three episodes that are higher than are all top five episodes. Colin Hilding. <laughs> um, I have got this at number six as of right now. Um, so this ends up being the third best episode of the season behind episode 12 and episode one. I've got this one spot below the penultimate episode of season one and one spot ahead of episode 13 of this season. It also ends up being four spots higher than the finale of season three. Um, but yeah, like everything you said, I agree with completely. Um, just such a great episode. Um, but I'm going to say this right now, Colin Hilding. We have got, what, season six, seven, eight, nine, and Lisa. We've got five more finales to go, essentially, of this show. We are past halfway point of all the episodes as we establish this season, but five more to go if we include Legacy and obviously Live Another Day slash season nine. I will say that there will be one of those five finales will rank higher than this episode. Just saying. It's not Legacy. (laughs) 
<laughs> so one of those four, so either six, seven, eight, or nine will end up higher than this. Uh, I know it's not going to be six. I doubt it's going to be eight. Six is so... a solid finale. Six is a like. I remember six. I remember the last couple episodes of six being pretty decent, but yeah. uh, not not to this not level. Seven. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be living another day. Horrible. <laughs> seven live another day. is horrible. Eight, eight's a good finale. So anyway, uh, overall, this episode, by the way, will end up at number seven. So literally one episode in the remaining five of those seasons to me is better than this. And that is a finale. So literally my top like six is locked in except for one episode, which will crack it. Uh, And I'm saying right now, spoiler alert, I've only got one, two, three more episodes that will make my top 10. And we've still got what? How many episodes to go? Uh, hundred, uh, just under a hundred to go. So only three more episodes will make my top ten. Uh, so one from next season, though. So uh, there you go. Slight spoiler for season six. Speaking of which, obviously next week we've got our season five, uh, just generic recap. But yeah, we're here, Colin. We're we're around the corner. It's still good news. First four episodes are fine. They're good. Um, but I just it's one of these things that I think that they knew they were maybe struggling and they were on a downward trajectory because this is the only season of 24 I ever remember them literally releasing the first four episodes as a DVD. Uh, they, hmm. after the four episodes did their two night premiere, they, and like, like at that point, we'll talk about these after those four episodes that like everyone was on such a high of 24 because in between this season, it won a shit ton of Emmys. This was its highest rated season the critical, everything about this season was beloved. It was like, it's better than season one. This show is at its peak. Then you get the first four episodes of next season, which to me are on par with most of season five. They are fantastic episodes. There are problems, but they're still fantastic episodes. And I will say that ending of season episode four, I mean, I'll spoil it now. That makes my top 10 overall. That is an incredible episode. It's just, I've never seen a show drop off a cliff so significantly when we get to episode five. So, um... Yeah, I think they knew if they're releasing, oh, just buy the first four episodes of DVD and don't watch the rest of the 20. Because we're in for an interesting ride in season six. But the, the thing is, I'll say, as much as I turn around and will flip-flop between season one and season five being the best of 24, and you'll get my solid answer next week, I also then flip-flop between six and seven being the worst seasons of 24, uh, not including Legacy. So, um, yeah, I'm still intrigued to think whether or not I will rank six lower than seven or seven lower than six, because seven... Needs to get some hate too, ladies and gentlemen, because it is not a fondly remembered... Like, people just kind of forget about it. When we get to that season, I'm going to rip a lot of shit into it. But then I think the thing with season six is because there is such a streak of bad, you kind of just get numb to it, where it's just kind of like, ah, oh, 10 bins in a row, here we go again. So I'm, I'm excited in a weird way for season six, because it is the perennial dumping fire of se- of 24 seasons. No matter what I think about season seven, if you go into your casual 24 fan, what's the best season? Season five. What's worst season? Season six. That's legitimately your answers. You will get mm-hmm. straight away. And we're here, Colin. So, but at least we've got four weeks of goodness. Yeah. And I was one of those people who bought those first four episodes when it came out on DVD, because mm-hmm. I was that high on it. Um, it the, um, the interesting thing about season six when we get there in two weeks is that uh, I, I I have a feeling this might be something that will be more fun yeah. when you know it's bad. Because 
there's two seasons which I've never rewatched. If you can't live another day uh, of the original run of eight seasons, the two seasons I've never rewatched. I've never watched season eight, and I've never rewatched season six outside of those first four episodes, which I owned and rewatched multiple times. Uh, so, I a lot of what I remember about this season was oh this was bad. It was also the only season I kind of gave up on. It, the last I'd say six episodes with six episodes left to go. I I was recording it every single week, but I wasn't watching it. I didn't feel that urgency. And then it was right near the end of the season where I'm like, okay, I'll, let me let me catch up on this. Uh, and it, it might have even been after the season was over. It may have been like before season seven was starting. And I'm like, I got to go back and watch it. Because uh, I think I do remember being like a couple of months before I watched those episodes. Uh, but uh, yeah, this will be a lot easier when we can actually laugh about it. Watching it on your own is not nearly as fun as being able to watch and know that somebody else is going to be making fun of the exact same moments. It's fascinating to say, Gabe, because I will say this now that I remember watching season six live and still being hooked to it every week. Like I was that much of a fan. Like it's kind of one of these things where like you don't realize something's bad at the time until maybe hindsight. Like I used to die another day argument that was liked at the time, but it took a little bit of time before people realized it was shit. Same with Spectre. Like it's kind of like there's the James Bond arguments there. Whereas like, cause going back to that point where I mentioned about when Audrey shows up again, like I was fucking hooked. I'm like, oh my God, like Audrey's like just the way they bring her back in and everything and kind of the way they tie it up. So I definitely remember like season six, like not like drinking the haterade. I definitely could feel the quality was different. But yeah, we we will get next season, arguably the two worst characters in the history of 24. Milo is back. He's back at 5 a.m. to form a buzz. Again, as we've said plenty of times, the most random, let's bring back a random character as a major character all of a sudden. That guy who was brought in at 5 a.m. to format files from the first season. Uh, we get Nadia. We like Nadia, don't we? Um, the one season with her. Uh, Morris becomes a regular. And Daddy Bauer. So. And Peter McNichol. Oh, yeah, Peter McNichol. Forget about him. And um, Powers Booth. And, Powers Booth, yeah. And uh, D.B. Woodside is the president. So, <laughs> And, and we, we can uh, agree on this. This won't be a spoiler, but one of those two worst characters in History 24 happens to be somebody's nephew, right? Oh, yeah. And then we also get <laughs> the other one happens to be a CTU agent who is often regarded as the guest star that kills TV shows. And there's a reason why, <laughs> because he's fucking horrible. There's a string of episodes, Colin, where those two hang out a lot. So you can imagine <laughs> how terrible those scenes are. Anyway, um... Obviously, that'll be in two weeks' time because next week we'll have our Season 5 uh, recap episode. This week we start our Dead Duck Month. Um, yeah. Weird Science, which I've never seen, even at the time of recording this. I haven't watched it yet, so we haven't recorded it yet. I'm excited for it. Tune into that. Notting Hill dropped last week. Other episodes are coming. I'm, I'm going to the movies this week. I'm going to see a little movie called Live and Let Die. Do we want to do a, re- a review on Live and Let that. Die? Spoiler-free review. Might go on to big things, that one. It's starring a Roger Moore. I've never heard of him. Um, and Patreon, we're about six months overdue. We're loosely maybe going to do one this week, but thanks for our one Patreon. We appreciate it, but you'll hear at the end how to do and, that. And, and the, the, the Continental for at least a couple weeks, uh, the, the John Wick spinoff series that Jamie right. and I are doing. Yes, which I didn't know, but... Cool. And is the Amazing Race, did I see that was starting again? Is Rocky going to be lazy again? or? Yeah, I've, Rocky. Kristen's excited to be on for several episodes, Kristen's apparently. I've probably been excited won't be there, in her but, life. Well, since she stopped recording with you, she's gotten to a very good hey, mood. Uh, it's we it's kind of weird. recording Big Brother 10 years. That was like 10 years ago now. Jesus Christ. Um, do all the shit. Everything that you hear that weird voice at the end say, My name is Ben, and clean yourself up. You're a mess. 
and my name is Colin, and it is sacrilege for me to be speaking my own name. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)